campus of Reichman University. Fully booked. Read into it with Michelle Amar and Liras Levy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You are listening to Fully Booked on Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. This is the podcast where we discuss our favorite books, discover new reads, and give you a bunch of new recommendations. We are your hosts. My name is Michelle. And I'm Liraz. And today we are talking about tropes. Yeah. Favorites. Maybe not least. Maybe not so much favorites. Yeah. Um, but before we start, yeah. I think we should explain to people who don't know what tropes are. Yes. Liraz, what is a trope? So basically a trope is like a reoccurring theme in a book, something that's super common. For example, the chosen one in fantasy books or love triangles, you know, even a ninja like trope can be like considered a trope if because ninjas are very common in some books, okay. you know, not lately, but you know. In the early 2000s. Okay. <laughs> so that's also considered a trope. Um, so all these, like, themes that you see a lot in books, those are tropes. Lovely. Great. Okay. So let's talk about our favorite tropes. Let's, like, start strong. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I think my favorite tropes... So, like, when it comes to romance, mm-hmm. I would have to say that my, like, all-time favorite trope is academic rivals to lovers. Okay. But nobody does it like no one does it and it's it's like really disappointing to me mm-hmm. for that because like because like everybody says like enemies to lovers is the best but like and like I agree it's amazing but whenever it's like enemies to lovers it's just like mild dislike yeah where they like you know? they kind of don't like each other you don't hate each other yeah but with academic rivals there's there's like animosity there like it's yeah. already like built in you know I love that um any type of female villain that trope love it favorite of all time i haven't like read a lot of female villains though well that's because you don't want to read any of my recommendations i will read your recommendations at a certain point but no just like in general i think that i don't see that as often female villains no there are you just you just haven't been reading them exactly like there's a lot of them out there i have a few that we're gonna be talking about today all right i'm okay you have to let me know more Mm because i only know one recommendation that you always give me gone girl yeah yeah (laughs) we're not surprised because that's god tier but like there's others that are not as good but are amazing and -hmm. like you just need to find the right ones all right i'm excited to like hear more about the right ones Mm -hmm. later uh any other favorites i think those are my two like diehard tropes um i think that's it Okay, so my favorite tropes are, these are the tropes that make me read a book instantly. Like, if I see them, I will immediately pick up a book. And they are arranged marriage or fake dating, which they're very similar, but they are they have different aspects. It's not, like, similar, but, like, they have the same sort of, like, appeal. They're similar in the way that they act out, like, they continue, yeah. like, the way that they evolve. It follows the same sort of, like, progression, yeah. sort of. Exactly. But, like, the actual situations are, are like... very different. Yeah. Yeah. But I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Literally, most of my favorite books have this trope in them. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Um, another one of my favorite tropes um, is friends with... Uh, friends to lovers. Okay. Yeah. It's, like, I know that people love enemies to lovers because I agree. I do. They're amazing. Like, there are some books that just... It, it Like, they do it well, and mm-hmm. it's great. The angst, the, like, tension, the hatred, 
beautiful. But there's something about friends to lovers that just like gives me so much comfort. Like two people who've known each other's each other for forever and then they kind of fall in love and they kind of like it's very sweet. It's just I love sweetness in my I romance. I get it. I'm not like it's just very comforting. Super into it. It's not like friends friends to lovers isn't that trope that like if I see it I'm automatically reading it. That's mm-hmm. not my thing. Like if it's there and I like the couple, I'll like the book. It's not like a trope that I'm like this is either good or bad. Like sometimes they just like sometimes it gets a little like bland, but that really depends on the author. Yeah, it depends on you what know? book you're reading. Like it really like that's one of the tropes that like it really just depends on how it's executed. Exactly. I think and, like yeah. yeah, I agree. I I've I've read a lot of friends to lovers romances that weren't the best. They were fine, but anyways, I can't help but like love this trope. Like mm-hmm. even if I didn't love the the execution, I will still enjoy it. Yeah. You know. But yeah, uh, that's some of my favorite tropes, like two of my favorite tropes. Um, And now I want us to talk about the tropes that we're going to avoid usually if we see them or that we're not going to be excited to pick up the book if we know that it's there. Pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) I knew we were going to start that way. Pregnancy. If it's a romance book and they just throw in pregnancy, because the the thing is, is that you you won't ever know Mm -hmm. if there's going to be a pregnancy trope coming. It's called surprise pregnancy trope. You never know when it's going to be coming. So like, I feel like I have to avoid, like, I feel like every time that I'm reading a romance book and there's still about like a hundred pages left to go. Mm -hmm. And the couple's in, like, a good place. I'm either going to get a third-act breakup, which is another one of my most hated tropes, mm-hmm. or pregnancy. So, like, when it's when it's that, when you're, like, 100 pages from the end and the couple's in a good place, I have to, like, like, like carefully, <laughs> I'm, like, scared to turn the page. Because, like, one day she's either going to wake up and she's Nauseous. not feeling well. <laughs> Or it's gonna be like, or it's gonna be like he didn't text me hi in the morning, so all of a sudden he's like cheating on me, and we just have to break up for no reason. Like it's gonna be one of those things, you yeah. know? Like I hate that. I hate pregnancy so much. I also hate cheating. Yeah, no, that's a no I hate for me. Cheating. Um, I don't like the infidelity trope. Like you see, the thing is, like with pregnancy and um, with pregnancy and cheating, I'm talking specifically romance because mm-hmm. that's where you see a lot of tropes come into play with yeah. romance. Um. Yeah, like those, I mean, if there's like cheating in like other books, in books that are not specifically romance genre. That we're not rooting for the couple, for Yeah, example. if it's more of like, if it's like a thriller, if it's like a, like a mystery, if it's just like a literary fiction, like I'm more, like I don't care about pregnancy or cheating mm-hmm. because that's like a part of the plot. It's not something that you're just like throwing in for no reason, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for the like, plot point. Yeah, that's like, that's what I'm talking about. No, I feel you. I feel like because I also like, predominantly read romance so the tropes that i am more attracted to relate to romance novels but i know that a lot of like tropes that i don't like in my romance i will enjoy in like thrillers or like you know mysteries and all that because it just adds to the drama and the whole point of the thriller Mm -hmm. and the mystery is to like make you like you know yeah want to read more keep you on like your toes oh my god this is an unpopular opinion one of my least favorite tropes is the um again when it's done really bad but i've yet to see like where it's done really well you Mm -hmm. know the whole like i hate everyone but you trope because it literally always just ends up being this guy who's Mm -hmm. an asshole and he's an asshole to the girl until like they start dating for some reason Mm -hmm. and then he's still an asshole and there's like no reason for him to hate everybody else he's just like an asshole you know what i'm saying like like you need to have good reasons for it 
Yeah. And, like, I feel like there's, at least the romances that I've read, like, they they haven't had any reasons for it. Yeah. So, I love that trope. <laughs> but, like, if it's not done, if well, it's done well, I'm not obviously. going to like it. Like I, I know that there are a couple books, because... Again, this is one of the tropes that I know that if I, 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 I see it, I will probably want to read it. A lot of them are not done well because, like you said, there are no reasons for, like, the person to hate the other person or to, like, just hate everyone. Dick. Yeah. Um, but I have seen a lot of romances that don't do necessarily hate everyone, but the, the person doesn't, like, he's not, li- he doesn't, usually it's the guy. He doesn't like everyone. Like, he's like, meh, like, I don't really care. And that's, like, fine. that's one thing. As long as you're not, like, throwing punches for no reason yeah. and you're not, like, like I don't know, like, cursing people out for no reason. Like, what? Like, what are you... Exactly. You know what like, I'm saying? I like, I need to see a so, reason. There needs yeah. to be reasoning. It needs to have, a, like, a logical reason yeah. for why like, if somebody, someone. if somebody has, like, a really tough upbringing and they've, like, learned to be very closed off and everything and you actually go into it, mm-hmm. then, like, I can understand it. And I'm like, oh, like, that's, like, cute. He found somebody that he like feels comfortable with and like that's nice but usually it's it's not done like that yeah uh, this is the thing i feel like with we're talking about specifically romance tropes now i feel like there's a like there's a good few romance like uh books that sort of just put in the tropes to have the trope because a lot of like fully developing it and like that's where my issue is because i I, I find it less believable Yeah, I I agree. I think, like, but tropes, like, are put in romance novels mainly because readers love tropes, like, in any genre. Tropes are something that is familiar, so you kind of know what to expect, but the execution is different every single time. Of course. So that gives you, like, the the anticipation, like, the, ooh, what's going to happen? How are they going to do this? And I think, like, putting tropes in your, um, when you, like, you know, publish a book, you're going to want to, like, post what tropes are going to be in that book because a lot of readers will actually come and read your book if there's a trope you like um but a lot of publishers do it wrong and they just think like oh this this person is not like doesn't like the the female protagonist so it's a hate to love it's enemies to lovers yeah when it's really not like that's what happened with the hating the hating game, game. that's what i was just thinking and it about. was literally just sexual tension like they, they didn't, didn't even any- they didn't even not like each other mm-hmm. by the by like the by like the 30 percent mark she was already like hanging out at his apartment yeah and like there that was just literal sexual tension yeah and also like it wasn't even like animosity it was just like you annoy me sometimes. Yeah. And we play games and it's like, that's it. <laughs> and like she, like in the, in like Lucy's inner monologue, she was like, this is, this is my sworn enemy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Like, okay. Like, that's what I In don't. the synopsis of the book, the, the, the literally the enemy. opening <laughs> line, the opening line of the book itself or, is or like, nemesis, is, is, like, is like the definition of enemy is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this isn't, like, you're just attracted to him. Exactly. Like, shut up, you know? Like, that's, like, if there's going to be enemies to lovers, I want there to be, like, full-on, like, Dread. death threats. Like, that's <laughs> what I want. Throat. Exactly. Like, that's what I want. That's an enemies to lovers, not whatever this bullshit is. Like, just I saying. <laughs> I agree. I feel like in, uh, in romance, usually, like, I don't see it done as well as, like, in fantasy romance. Because in fantasy romance, there are actually enemies. Down. They're not afraid to, like, you know, go all the way with the enemy. Yeah. In, uh, like, I, I haven't personally, like, seen it done in a great way enemies to lovers i've seen like rivals to lovers or like um you know animosity to lovers like they're they're, it's not exactly hatred it's Mm -hmm. just like they don't like each other they Mm -hmm. dislike each other at first or they don't care for each other 
but like enemies to lovers needs to be done super well to get that yeah. title you know i feel like fantasy really has that like groundwork for it because mm-hmm. like in contemporary romance like who who's your enemy like yeah. what what has he done who to would be your kill enemy? you like what's what's so wrong about it like there's nothing you know what i'm saying like fantasy is the only place where i've seen enemies to lovers actually be like real enemies to lovers mm-hmm. also like i feel like dark romance or romantic suspense suspense sorry can have that oh yeah if you're because, the like, right like if you're in the right genre exactly of rom- yeah like, that's there, also it could be yeah but yeah in general um contemporary romances it, they're not really enemies to lovers in my opinion they're more like rivals or like sexual tension to lovers exactly yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um so moving on yeah um we've talked about the tropes that we don't love um now, I think that in order to kind of familiarize ourselves with all the different tropes, um, we have come up with a game. Yes. Sort of like a fun game. It's called Speed Dating with Tropes. It's so creative. Right? <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> but so the rules of the game are, like, we're going to be lenient. They're not going to be, like, hard, like, core rules. We've prepared a list of tropes, uh, and we wrote them down on paper, and we have this little, like, bowl that we have all the pieces of paper crumpled up in. So each person, me and Michelle, will have a turn, and on my turn, I will take a paper, and there will be a trope. So I'm going to have to uh, explain the trope briefly, (laughs) Um, give a recommendation for that trope, uh, tell you if you should read it or not, if I like it or not, and explain briefly the recommendation i feel like it's pretty like you know yeah it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. um all right okay so also i forgot to say this but we will have a time limit for each trope that we pick out we will have 45 seconds to give you all the information that we can yeah okay so if i get like stressed um i have my timer here all righty okay 45 seconds and i have to like <laughs> what if it's a trope that i like don't like or if Tough. it's a trope that i don't like have a recommendation for it all right so then if you don't like it you can say i don't like it i don't really have a recommendation and then if i do then i'll be like oh i have one okay and then you still get something i'm like not looking at the paper yet okay ready okay start oh rivals to lovers <laughs> okay so rivals to lovers is one of my favorite tropes it's um like if you're in a workplace and somebody's like fighting for a promotion or academic rivals where you like I'm gonna give like the most basic example if you want to be like valedictorian and somebody else is like also top of their class and they're also fighting for it and then there's like lots of tension and then you guys end up being like attracted to each other and then you end up like dating and having a happy ever after and my recommendations okay i have a few okay they're not they're not academic rivals <laughs> first of all i have the queen's gambit mm-hmm. um because uh the main character beth and benny they're like chess rivals and it's like there's a lot of tension and they were so good it's not the plot oh, hey you you got it you got at least one recommendation yeah. you explained it but we're we want to hear the rest of your recommendations so you can give us a couple more okay nice. i have one more recommendation and mm-hmm. i have to say the night circus by erin morgenstern it's, i've heard so much about that book. it's so good it's basically it's based around this concept of there's like this fight to the death between um two people and so, like, obviously they're rivals, mm-hmm. and they end up falling in love. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, the Night Circus and the Queen's Gambit are my two recommendations for rivals to lovers. 
Alrighty. That was so stressful. Was it, it looked stressful, but you got it. You yeah. just started talking. I was shocked. I thought it'd take you like a no, second. I was so excited. I pulled out Rival Celebrities and I was like, this is my actual favorite trope. I'm so scared to pull off one I don't know because there are some that I do not know. Yeah. Okay, ready? All right. Should I get my timer for you? Yeah, I'll just uh, take one before you start the timer. So that Yes. Alrighty, start. Go. Queer recommendations. Okay, yay, it's my favorite one. I love it. Okay, so it's not really a trope, but uh, queer recommendations or queer representation is basically when in the book there are queer characters. Um, queer is like anything under the queer umbrella. It can be sapphic romance, gay romance, transgender romance, anything. Uh, they're amazing, and when it's represented well in books, it's my favorite thing ever. My recommendation for this is, well, I have a couple. Um <laughs> There's a young adult book that's adorable. It's called To Love Bryson Keller. It's like this, uh, there's this theory that this guy called Bryson Keller can't, has to date the first person to ask him out every week. If he doesn't get asked out, he has to take the bus for the entire year. Until now, everyone has asked him out like they're girls um but then one time a guy asked him out and that's it it's so good uh it's so hard okay <laughs> i need to catch my breath okay yeah. um i hope i explained the plot of the book well yeah okay i have one more recommendation that i have to give go for this it. is an adult romance it's based off of pride and prejudice it's a retelling i've heard it's of this sa- you know this i've one. heard of this it's a sapphic romance it's called written in the stars by alexandria Bellaflor. It's amazing. The entire series is amazing. It's, uh, this one is basically, uh, a girl who's set up by her business partner. Uh, he set her, the girl up with his sister, and they kind of don't, like, like each other from the very start. It's not, they don't hate each other, it just, everything went wrong on that day. It was a disaster. She was late, whatever. Uh, but then they decide to, like, fake date or something like that, so that her, like, the brother won't keep pestering his sister about dating and about, you know, like, putting herself out there. It's so good. It's so cute. I'm not doing it justice by this, like, explanation. Um, but it's also, like, a series of three books. There's standalones, and every single book in that series is absolutely perfection. You should read it. That's it. Thank you. Okay. Um, nice. I have, I mean, like, my recommendations for queer representation. Um, Sally Rooney does, um, in conversations with friends in particular, um, the main character, Frances, is a bisexual woman, and her best friend, Bobby, who is also her ex-girlfriend, is a lesbian, and it's, I mean, like, it's not a romance. Like, Conversations with Friends isn't a romance. It's more of, like, an exploration of relationships and everything, Mm -hmm. and there is romance in it, but it's not, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it's more just, like, an exploration of, like, identity, not just as, like, a queer woman, but also, like, as a person, as, like, a young woman in her early 20s, like, going through life. And it's just, like, I, like, obviously I love Sally Rooney, but, like, that's, you know. Also, uh, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so good. Again, like, there is a love story in it, and it is a sapphic love story, but it's also, like, the book is specifically about Evelyn Hugo, mm-hmm. and, like, it's so good. It's so good. Anyway, okay, yes, those are my recommendations. Alrighty. Okay. Michelle, are you ready for your next turn? No. <laughs> I'm scared. Because <laughs> we got, like, ones that we like right now. Yeah. I'm scared that we're going to get ones that... There's like- going to be one, though. I go, actually, I pick one that, like, I don't <laughs> like, and I'm going to be like... Mm-hmm. You can okay. say, like, Liraz, no. You- okay. I mean, like, I'm going to explain it, but, like, I'm just I'm not going to have recommendations. You can do all the work, and I'll give the, like... <laughs> okay. I'm the ready. Recommendations. And, okay, go. A female race! Oh, yes! Okay. 
Okay, so female rage is my favorite trope of all time. <laughs> it's basically the exploration of like what it means to be a woman and like the complete and like utter like fucked upness of like being a woman and everything that you have to go through. And a lot of the times, female rage will like um, have a female villain. Mm-hmm. It like causes a lot of like murder and like just it's so oh the exploration of like trauma but like a female's trauma mm-hmm. anyway so like my recommendation is a book that i actually just finished reading it's called boy parts by eliza clark it's so good it's about this woman named Irina, and she takes these like explicit photographs of male models that she scouts on like the street and um basically she's fuck <laughs> i'm gonna continue finish <laughs> um so our main character uh our narrator Irina, she takes these explicit photographs of men that she finds on the street and she like scouts them gives them her card and then they call her and then she takes these photos of them and she puts them up on her website and she gets the opportunity to um put her work in this exhibition and it basically just like goes into like she goes on this like complete tailspin of a journey that like you don't know what's real and you don't know like what's actually happening and it's just i mean it's wild and it's so good and like she's such an awful person (laughs) like she's really terrible i mean like gone girl is always recommendation for female rage um there's so many others i think it's a given by this point that gone girl is like yeah (laughs) um there's like a lot of others that i know that like i have in my head but like i don't want to like take up this entire Okay. This entire episode talking about them so like clear us all right do you have any recommendations i have not read a lot like i said like i didn't i have not read a lot of female villains and i have not read a lot of female rage i do have one book that could be considered a recommendation for this it's where the crawdads sing and it's not necessarily a book about female rage but it has some themes and aspects of uh female rage but a more silent kind of female rage if that makes sense Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. It's getting turned into a movie, and uh, the trailer just dropped a few yeah, like weeks ago. Exactly, it did. Uh, I I watched the trailer. I'm not in love with the trailer. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just like it's my own personal opinions that are like making me not like it. But I just didn't like the way that everything's so like tidy and clean and nicely wrapped up. And in the book, it's not tidy and clean. Okay. <laughs> it's all messy and whatever. Uh, but you should read the books and the book. And yeah, okay. Next. Okay, Liraz, are you ready? No, but let's do it. Let's, I have my <laughs> primer for you. You can tell me when to start. Pick out a piece of paper. I know which one. Is. How do you know? I have a feeling. Okay, okay, ready? Tell me when to start. Start. Okay. Thrillers. I fucking knew it, because this piece of paper is a little bigger than the others. <laughs> okay, okay, so thrillers are basically, it's not a trope, it's a genre, but I thought we should mention it, because, like, this is a genre that we don't, like, talk about enough. It's basically where there are, there's something that, happens throughout the entire book that keeps you up your feet there's like a mystery or a murder or something you have to solve or something very nerve-wracking that happens throughout the book and you're constantly like in that mindset it's very like uh usually it's very like fast-paced and very you know if it's good it's very fast-paced and very intriguing um the recommendation i have for thrillers are is one by one by ruth ware uh it's basically it's like a retelling of 
um, Agatha Christie, and then there were none. It's basically this uh, company. Done. <laughs> Why is it so quick? I can't. <laughs> I'll give you like a couple more sentences. Uh, a company sends a bunch of their uh, higher ups to a ski resort somewhere, I think, in France, uh, and they get snowed in. All right, and slowly, slowly, you learn that the company, uh, all the workers, everyone, like there's just something wrong and fishy there, and every single day someone else gets murdered so you're trying to realize what they do uh like who murdered the the people and also they're all stuck in a snowstorm so they cannot leave the cabin or call anyone for help it's super interesting super fast paced and like one of the only thrillers i read but one of the better ones nice how about you do you have a recommendation my recommendation is actually one i mean like obviously gillian flynn is my go-to for thrillers but because i've talked about her so much um i thought that it would be fun to mention a simple favor that's a good one too yeah like it's it's like it's so funny (laughs) basically if you if you don't know what a simple favor is it's about this girl who's like a mommy blogger and she has her son and she meets this woman and this woman is like she's just glamorous and everything that she does and she has everything like so put together and she they become friends and one day she calls up our main character and she tells her that she just needs her to do a simple favor and to pick up her son and nobody ever sees her again mm-hmm. and nobody knows where she is and so she decides to take it up on herself to try and find her and that's where we start off yeah, it's really good. It's also a movie. It's also which, a great movie. With Blake Lively. <laughs> and Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. I like it. Alrighty. All right. So, moving on to the next trope. Michelle. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so stressed. Okay, I've got my paper. You got this. And... Watch it be something you don't like. Let's go. Found family. Okay. okay. So, found family is the trope of... There's, like, a group of characters, and they're kind of, like, misplaced. They don't really know, like, where... They don't have, like, great homes of their own. And so the entire, like, concept is just... They have, like, this group of friends that become closer to them than their own family. And, like, they have their own little, like, heartwarming group. And it's, like, a really cute, like, pure trope. Like, it's really sweet. And my recommendation for this is Six of Crows by Lee Bartugo. Um, it's, if you don't know, it's a, it's a high fantasy, uh, novel about this, like, group of six people that go on a heist to, like, you know, steal something. And, Mm -hmm. um, they don't start off as found family, but they, okay. (laughs) Um, they don't start off as, um, found family. They start off as dysfunctional fan groups, which is another one of my favorites. But, yeah, it's just, it's my favorite series of all time, and I think that everybody should read it. I know you think that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told to read it multiple times. Mm-hmm. No, the thing is that it's 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 in a world where there's another series that's called... The Grisha Trilogy. That's the one. You don't need to read it. But it's going to bother me. But you don't need to read it. And I've it. been told that it's not you, great. It's not. Okay. <laughs> okay, I know that you love this trope. Yes. So like, you can, you can have your uh, recommendations. All right, so I'm going to give you only one recommendation of the trope because this one is done so well, in my opinion. Um, it's called Wait For It by Mariana Zapata. Not su- not surprising that she's on this list because I love her and a lot of, like, the recommendations that I think of when I think of, like, found family uh, is Mariana Zapata because she does it so well. Um, Wait For It is basically a, a, a book about this girl, woman, sorry, <laughs> who her brother dies um, during, I think, police duty. So And her his two kids have to 
move and live with her because uh, her their father and mother died. So they move in with her, uh, her nephews, and she uh, moves to another city to like take care of them better. And she meets her neighbor Dallas, and it's like all four of them kind of are still like on rocky grounds with themselves, with like their move, uh, and with each other and so you see how like they develop this amazing first of all friendship between like diana which is the main character uh and her nephews she has two um they're so funny and cute and how her nephews kind of start developing a relationship with dallas it's super sweet super found family and they kind of like find a safe haven um in their little group and i think it's a amazing and it makes me so happy yeah and that's it (laughs) okay liraz are you ready I mean, yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Take your trope. I'm begging. I'm begging for the one that I want. <laughs> okay, tell me when to go. Okay, go. Dysfunctional friend group? Yeah, no! <laughs> it's the one, the one thing, the one trope that I, like, I don't hate it. I just don't particularly gravitate towards it. It's basically about this group of friends who are incredibly dysfunctional like they can be toxic they can be harmful they can be like horrifying to one another they hate each other there's a lot of scheming and like um i don't know like an an animosity towards like one another it's a mess i don't know why you don't like this sounds great (laughs) it makes me so anxious this trope um yeah i have nothing else to say about it we do not have any recommendations i mean listen we read if we were villains for this podcast and that one has a dysfunctional friend group I did like it there. I thought it was very well done. Okay. But yeah, but this is, Michelle, you give recommendations because I don't have like anything other than if you were villains. So dysfunctional friend groups are one of my favorite tropes ever. Um, I will be recommending Six of Crows <laughs> by Tuco because as much as they are like quote unquote found family, they're also incredibly dysfunctional and they remain dysfunctional throughout the entire series. Um, they are obviously if we were villains is another one huge dysfunctional friend group and the secret history i mean if you want like really dysfunctional like the secret history is like 10 times more it's mm-hmm. so like wow but yeah that's my those are my uh, those are my main three okay for dysfunctional friend groups there's not enough i don't think that there's enough i don't think that there's nearly enough of dysfunctional friend groups in fiction. I think that there are friend groups that aren't, like, great, but dysfunctional, like, we're talking, like, really hardcore, like, mm, yeah. toxic. No, like, that's what I love. <laughs> I love them. Okay. Um. Anyway, those are those are mine. Okay, moving on to so, the next trope. I love how there was found family and then dysfunctional friend groups right after. <laughs> the ones that I love are not here yet. Okay, ready and go. Oh, Grumpy and Sunshine. Okay, this isn't this isn't my favorite. It's I love like it. it's very self-explanatory. There's one person who's like grumpy and then there's another person who's like all sunshine and rainbows and just like really positive and like sweet. And um I don't really have any recommendations for this trope because like it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like Liraz, you can I'm so there's like twenty seconds left. Like Liraz, you can go for this one. If you all want. right. So I love this trope. It's amazing. If it's done well, it can be so great. Um, what my recommendation is Make Sweet by Kristen Callahan. Uh, it's basically about this it's gonna I'm not gonna make it in twenty oh, seconds. I, no, <laughs> timer doesn't even to be here. Like I'm done. Okay. Um basically it's about this girl. Uh, I think her name is Emma, and she is an actress in a TV show that is very Game of Thrones-esque. And she, like, plays someone, like, a character who resembles um, Daenerys Targaryen. 
So everyone loves her. She's, like, very well-revered, but she was fired. Um, so she goes to, like, this, uh, I think it's, like, a, a mansion that a friend of her family's owns. And the guy who lives there is a grumpy ex-hockey player who is a phenomenal baker. And he, like, he's had it rough. He's had it rough. But she's all like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to, like, take my vacation and start fresh and start new. And it's super sweet. And they have, like, this budding romance. And it's it's just everything. You get, like, just comforting feels. Just, like, happy little, like, moments where he thaws for her. Like, you know, he's, like, all icy and cold at first. But then, like, she makes him laugh. And then she, like, does stuff that are supposed to, is supposed to annoy him. But then he finds them kind of charming. Love it obsessed with it okay another recommendation i'm not going to go too much into this is hot house flower by kristen beccarici i know i know you don't love this book this very much follows this trope and i actually do not like it at all <laughs> um but it's basically it's part of a series called like the addicted series if i'm not mistaken and yeah. it's about uh daisy and reich um reich is like a wall climber a wall climber a rock climber, rock climber. <laughs> and daisy is an ex-model um and yeah it's just basically their like romance it's adorable all right yeah moving on okay there is your turn right yeah yeah just pick keep your, going pick your thing start go oh my god wait no go <laughs> okay yay i got disability representation so this is also not really a trope but it's more like in a books where you see characters hopefully main characters that have a disability any sort of disability it can be adhd it can be like a physical disability uh and ang- like anxiety any one of those um and basically they're represented well in the books and you see them deal with their struggles so uh i do have a recommendation for it and i really 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 like this book um so it's a ya book it's called it's called a quiet kind of thunder it's about a girl who is selectively mute she's physically unable to speak uh, with other people because she has severe anxiety and this guy who is deaf and they uh meet um in their senior year and they she's the only one okay let me finish the sentence (laughs) she's the only one who can speak sign language so they speak sign language with one another and they become friends and then they become more it's super cute and i think the there's a lot of like um the, it's great representation for anxiety and like someone who's hard of hearing or deaf and the ASL like the way that she kind of wrote it into the book was super amazing and I love it nice. all right mine is um the kiss quotient by Helen Hong <laughs> our main <laughs> character surprising. Stella is autistic and the way that it's again like the way that it's incorporated into the book is so well done because also the love interest Michael his um is it his cousin or his brother? Cousin. His cousin is also on the autistic spectrum. And, like, it's so... Oh, I just love that book so much. And, like, I mean, it's, like... It's, in short, it's, like, a reverse um, pretty woman, but, like, better. Yeah, and, way like, better. And, like, so much better. And, like, it's just amazing. I love it so much. And that's my that's my recommendation. If you already went with a kiss quotient, I'm going to say The Bright Test as well because... I haven't read it yet. It's, it's, his, bro- it's his cousin. It's Kai's story. Kai is autistic. And this is, like... He has, like, a mail-order bride. His mom arranges a mail-order bride Oh, my bride God. For him. And now, it's really cute. I like it. You should read it. I will. All yeah, right. I moving on. Okay. Um, it's my turn now. Yes. I'm, like, nervous again because, like, I don't know what... I don't remember what we have left. I do. And, um... Okay. They're good ones. I mean, they're ones I like. Okay, let's... Okay, go. 
Friends to lovers. Okay, so, like, it's very self-explanatory. There's, like, friends. Sometimes, usually the way that it works is that it's they've been friends for a long, long time. Like, usually their whole lives. And they end up, like, getting feelings for each other. And, like, just, like, they end up becoming, like, a couple. And it's, like, it's really cute. It's really pure. And my recommendation for this is actually Love, Rosie. Um, okay. I read the book. I know that it's a movie. I haven't watched it, but like the book is long. Like it is a slow burn. It is honestly, it's really good. Like I really love this book. Um, I haven't read it in a long time. I don't know how my opinion would have changed by now, but like at the time, I really, really enjoyed it. And if you don't know, the timer's about to stop. Oh my god. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> um, if you don't know, the story is about these, uh, this girl, Rosie, and her best friend, and they have been, like, best friends their entire lives, and it's told entirely through, like, emails and letters, and I think there's, like, phone calls also and voicemails, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't 100% remember, and they, and it's just, like, they've been best friends for so long, and then something happens on prom night, um, that, like, sort of separates the two of them, and they go, like, kind of their separate ways, and it's, like, goes throughout years and years and years, like, so many years, <laughs> um, before they can finally, you know, get to a place where they can be together, and that's my, that's my favorite Friends to Lovers, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually watched the movie. I think I wouldn't love, like, the books, because I, one of the things that I hate is, like, when a romance, like, go, like, spans years, and like we only see them like a little bit, but it's a really good movie. I think the way that I think the way that it's told as like an epistolary novel, which is mm-hmm. just like entirely through yeah, letters, letters, and like that to me, I think made it a lot easier to like digest okay. and easier to like believe because like it's less about like time jumps and more like you see their relationship through the letters and like through their ways of communication because it's also not just between the two of them; it's also like th- like with other people in their lives, and it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, okay. So Friends to Lovers is, like I said, one of my all-time favorite tropes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so I have a couple of recommendations. The first one is, it's pretty, like, straightforward. The Addicted, the Addicted series uh, by Chris and Becca Ritchie. It's about these two friends, Lily and Lo, and they're, like, childhood friends. And they both have their uh, own addictions. Lo is addicted to alcohol. He's an alcoholic. And Lily is addicted to sex. Um, and throughout, like, the series, I think it's, like, five books. Five books. Their, their, bu- their, their books are, um, their, like, vices and their, like, addictions are really, like, talked about and they're explored. Um, but they're fake dating for their family so that their family won't, like, you know, be just suspicious of what they're doing and, like, realize that they're actually, like, not okay. It's really cute. It's funny. Like, there are some funny moments. Um, another recommendation that I have is Getaway Girl by Tessa Bailey. I have not read this book in a while, but it's still one of my favorites. It's basically about this girl who her and her mother have kind of been, like, the outcasts of the town. And she came back for her cousin's wedding that she didn't see her in forever. And the cousin was just running away. The cousin literally fled her wedding without saying anything. Uh, and this girl sees it. So then she sees the groom trying to, like, find his bride so she gets she's she's the getaway car for him so that he won't have to face the entire like church and Taylor the ceremony Swift moment. right getaway car. Nice. yeah <laughs> so he won't have to taste to face like their family and friends alone so he like kind of stays at her house for a while and they kind of become friends and then they become more and it's it's really great it's one of the better done like not childhood friends but like newly friends to lovers mm-hmm. it's really great 
Nice. All right. I'm okay. done with the recommendations for now. I, whose turn is it? Me? Yours? Yeah, because I did Friends to Lovers. Okay, yeah. Okay. It is your turn. Okay, go. Okay, go. Fake dating. Yes! Okay, this is basically one. Okay, we have two people, and for some reason, they have to fake date. Usually, it's because, I don't know, like, their job needs, uh, they want, like, to do something for their job, and their job likes when people are, like, settled or whatever, so they're fake dating, and then in the fake dating, they kind of, like, realize that they actually like each other, and they're starting to fall in love with each other, and then they become together at the end. It's really cute. It's really great. It's one of my favorite tropes as well. Um, fake dating, uh... One of my recs is The Risk by Al Kennedy. It's like a sports romance in in uh, college. It's basically this uh, girl is the daughter of a coach in uh, Briar University. And the rival team, I think it's like from, I don't remember what university, uh, their lead player is Jake. And they don't like each other. They're rivals. But then, um, but then Brenda uh, goes to a job interview and her interviewer loves Jake. So she talks to Jake and Jake decides to fake date her so that she can have better luck um, convincing the, uh, co- the company she wants to interview for to accept her. It's really cute. It's really great. It's really fun. The banter is amazing. You should read it. Okay, mine is um, not a book that I'm like, I mean, I, did, I don't like love it so much, but like it is a recommendation and it's To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han, which is like a really cute, it is sweet, really cute. like YA um, trilogy. But the first book is um, Fake Dating. Basically, there's this girl, Lara Jean, and each time that she like falls in love with a boy, uh, she writes them a letter, she gets out all of her feelings and then she like puts it aside in this little hat box And she's like, okay, that's it. Like, I'm done. And she's got five of them. And one day, she goes into her room and she sees that the hat box is empty and the letters are missing. And she realizes that they've all been mailed out to the people that she wrote them to. Like, originally. five boys, yeah. And so one of those people is her sister's now ex-boyfriend. And so in order to, like, like, you know, like, try and say face in front of her like to say like it's not it's not a big deal to her sister and also to try and not get in like you know with like the with the ex-boyfriend because mm-hmm. that's a really uncomfortable situation so she's it's starts, like newly ex-boyfriend yeah, yeah they like just broken up so um she starts to fake date one of the other boys that got sent a letter but it was from like middle school so it's been a few years and they've kind of drifted apart um peter kavinsky who i love so much don't watch the later movies. It's not. The it doesn't, first movie is the best one. It doesn't. the the later The later movies don't do Peter Kavinsky justice. No, honestly, um, in the books he's so much better. Um, but yeah, so like they start to fake date, and it's like their relationship of like trying to save face because he's also trying to make his ex girlfriend kind of like you know like not jealous, but like he's like trying, he's, see what you're missing. Yeah, and like it's just so good. Um, I remember like that's like. I read those at the perfect time, like high school. Mm-hmm. Me was like all over those books, and I haven't read them in a long time, but I do have like very nostalgic feelings for them. They're really cute, and that's mine. Sam, I love those books. They were amazing. I have one more that I want to say before we go. It's a uh, gay romance. It's called Boyfriend Material. It's really cute, um, and I think you should read it. It's about a uh, guy who his dad was like a really famous musician or whatever, and then he has like a bad public image and the company he works for wants him to make it better uh so he has to fake day this date this really like straight laced you know like very like boring guy he he seems boring at first he's not he's adorable his name is oliver and then they have to fake date just for his company and they fall in love it's really cute and i think it's a really great like intro to dating 
Um, I have my, I have already have my thing over here. I've gotten it prepared. And okay. And okay, go. Um, historical fiction. Okay. <gasps> so not a trope, but more just like a general genre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically just fiction that's set in a time period before our own. So like not books that were written in the 1800s and like published in the 1800s, but more like a, like a modern day author writing a book that takes place in the 1800s. And my favorite historical fiction author is Ruta Sepetys. She wrote Between Shades of Grey, which is a novel that takes place during World War II, but it focuses on the um, it focuses on the camps in Serbia and this uh, little like 16 year old girl and her experience being like exiled into one of these camps with her family. And that like she also has another book called Out of the Easy, which takes place in I want to say the 50s. Oh, OK, <laughs> um, it takes place, I want to say, in the 50s or the 60s. I can't remember exactly. Um, this girl is growing up with her mother who's a prostitute working in a brothel and she lives with the rest of the prostitutes and her mother and it's her trying to get out of this neighborhood and trying to like, make something with herself and she falls in love along the way and mm-hmm. like it's those are my two favorite books by her she has others she's actually I think she's releasing a new one or it's just been released um but I can't remember but those two between Shades of Grey and Out of the Easy are my two favorite ones by her and like like I said she's a young adult author so her so it's really really accessible um like it's not written in any like super like complicated way she like introduces all the information of that time period in a very in a very accessible and like easy to learn manner and like I started reading her when I was 12 and it was like the perfect time because it was how I started learning about time periods of like I had no idea what was like actually going on besides the like main things that you learn in school mm-hmm. basically and like she's just really good um also this one is more just like a fun recommendation but like the Lux series by Anna Godverson. This, I don't know how to describe it. It's not super well known. Um, I found it at the library one day when it's I was fa- is it like no, no, it's fantasy? historical, it's historical fiction. It's like essentially it's like gossip girl, but in 1899. Wow. It's just these people, these these high society rich people, and they're just living their lives and causing scandal and causing drama there's no like gossip girl figure but like it's just like their like scandals and it's it's like the drama of gossip girl but in 1899 and like what more could you want Mm -hmm. and there's four books and they're they're so addictive like they're so it's it's literally like crack like you literally like i blew through those books that sounds really interesting and like it's so it's the most like you're in a reading slump and you want something that's going to, like, get you back into reading and you want something fast and easy to read, those books. Because, like, it's not in any way, shape, or form, like, super, like, highbrow, this is a serious book. It's literally just written for fun. And that is what it's meant for. And it achieves what it came to do. Okay. I love it. I love historical fiction. I like historical fiction, but I like more historical romances because, obviously, that's what I'm more comfortable with. And I feel like I'm just going to give a couple of recommendations because, like, Bridgerton Season 2 just came out. We can't ignore it, okay? So if you liked the second season or Bridgerton in general, um, anyways, you can read The Viscount Who Loved Me. I think that's the one book in the series that I liked the most uh, from Julia Quinn. Another, a, a recommendation that I have for like historical fiction or like historical romance, it's very accessible to people who are not used to like historical fiction. Um, it's Tessa Dare, mm-hmm. any of her books. You know, um, they're amazing. They're super accessible. The Ju- Duchess Deal is one of my favorite. It's, it's really great. Um, they're all fun. They're very tropey. They're very accessible and easy. 
So I would recommend that those. Okay. Um, Liraz. Yes. It's your turn. We have four more. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Wait. Go. Mystery. Murder mysteries. Yay. Okay. So murder mysteries are basically like, they're, they're like thrillers, but they're like light thrillers. They're basically that there's a murder happens. So now a couple people or whoever it is tries to solve the murder. And there are a lot of clues and hints and kind of the reader or the like the audience is solving it with the uh, detective for example um i do have a recommendation for this the recommendation is big little lies by leanne moriarty it's such that a good my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good book it's about these like uh it's about these three ladies in this like town uh a small town i don't really remember where and someone gets murdered we don't know who but we see like a lot of police interviewees interviewing the town and then we kind of like go back and forth between the present day and the past <laughs> Wait, the present day, someone got murdered. We don't know who the past is before the murder. And we kind of, like, see, like, find out who got murdered by following these three women's lives. It's super interesting. There's a lot of, like, gossip. Rich people drama. That is literally what this book is about. Yeah, it's, it's so told good. In, like, it's told in, like, dual POVs, mm-hmm. um, dual, like, timelines. Um, the, like, flashbacks all, like, lead up to the murder. Mm-hmm. And then after, like, the like the flash forwards are just, like, the police interviews. Yeah. Um, that was also my recommendation. Uh, the show is also so incredible. Wow. I love it so much. Also, like, another murder mystery. We've spoken about it before, but, like, And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. So good. So wild. And so much fun. And also, like, super easy to read. Super easy to get into. And, like... It's I did good. not get the plot twist, like the the final, you know, reveal. Wow, I know. Um, yeah, I was shocked. I was like, my mouth was open. I was like, no. Yeah, and then there were none. Agatha Christie, so good. Okay, um, it's my turn. I'm scared. <laughs> okay, let's go. Enemies to lovers. Okay, so obviously they're like enemies, and there's like a lot of tension. Like there's always tension. Um, and like, you know, there's like. Oh, there's just, I don't know how to explain this properly without getting, like, super excited. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Straightforward. They're enemies, they hate each other, but they also, like, love each other. And sometimes they don't even love each other. Like, they just, like, there's just a lot of tension. And, you know, anyway, so, like, my recommendations, the OG Enemies to Lovers, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Um, I just had a reread. It's so good. Um, There is a couple in Six of Crows that's, like, Enemies to Lovers. Don't spoil it for me. But it's, like second chance enemies like they were like enemies to lovers to enemies to lovers so it's like double enemies to lovers it's so good um okay goodbye (laughs) (laughs) also um another ya book that i never finished the series it's a duology the wrath and the dawn is also enemies to lovers Um, oh yeah it's a retelling of the myth of Sherazad. Isn't it like 101 Arabian Nights retelling? Oh, right. No, not Sherazad. What am I saying? <laughs> a thousand and one Arabian Nights. Um, basically, there's this king and each night, each day, he takes a new bride and the next morning he has her sentenced to death. And so this woman, um, our main character, I really haven't read this book in so long, so I don't remember anybody's name. Okay. Sorry. Um, but so our char- our main character, her friend was I I believe it was like a friend of hers that married the king and then died and so she decides to get revenge by going like and like offering herself up as his new bride and um like slowly like i think sh- i think her like ultimate goal is to kill him mm-hmm. i'm really explaining this badly because i don't no, remember she wants exactly to kill him. yeah like she wants to kill him but the way that she decides to like 
um like have her light like she decides that each night she's going to tell him a story and she like leaves off on basically like a cliffhanger each night so each day he doesn't send her to her death because he wants to finish the story he wants to like know more about like what's going to happen in her tale and then they end up like getting closer and like falling in love um the cruel prince I've I was waiting about for that it. recommendation. It is the best enemies to lovers I've ever read. The tension between the main characters, Jude and Carden. This book is enemies to lovers, light on the romance, heavy on the politics. So when you get the romance, it's like 10 times better. Like, it's so good. I love that book so much. The last book in the series did not hold up. Like, it wasn't the best, like, conclusion mm-hmm. to the series. It wasn't what I was expecting. I would have loved if we could have gone, like, a little bit darker. But it is YA. But, like, as a as an enemies to lovers romance, it's this one. This one. The Cruel Prince. Yeah. By Holly okay. Black. Mm-hmm. All right. I have one recommendation for this trope. Uh, it's a fantasy romance. It's called The Bridge Kingdom. It's, oh, I've heard about it. It's actual, like, enemies to, to lovers because um, it's basically these... There are three kingdoms. Um, these two kingdoms are, like... Uh, they made a treaty that um, in order to have, like, safe passing from one kingdom to another, uh, they will marry um, one kingdom's son to the other kingdom's daughter. So the king of one kingdom uh, has a bunch of daughters purposefully and since they're young he raises them to be fighters and assassins in order to uh, pick one of them who's the best and then send her off to marry the king so she can kill him uh laura leaves her father no choice but to pick her and then she goes and she uh tries to infiltrate into the palace um you know she marries him but then she kind of like is sneaky and she tries to learn the secrets of um the kingdom but they fall in love it's really cute it's really great and it is enemies to lovers and there is a really great scene where it's kind of like knife to throat scene oh yeah the cruel prince has a very 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 good knife to the throat scene yeah it's a lot of fun this one is a duology though but um it does leave it in a cliffhanger but it's so easy to read i read it i read it in like a weekend Okay. All right. Okay, we have two more, and I know exactly which ones they are left. And, like, one of them is a trope for me, and one of them is a trope for you, and I'm I'm so so scary. (laughs) Okay. Should I start? Yeah, no, it's your turn. Okay, wait. Tell me when to start. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Go. Go. No. (laughs) Dark Academia. Damn it. Okay, so Dark Academia is basically, um, it's uh, a book set in an academic setting. Like, it can be either university, it can be a school, something that relates to academia. It has dark themes in it, um, like murder or revenge or all these things. Um, I I don't have a recommendation. I only read one Dark Academia in my life, which was If We Were Villains, so that's not good enough. So, Michelle, take the stage. Okay, so... To, like, expand on what Dark Academia, like, is. I'm stopping the timer. <laughs> There's no use for it now. So, to, like, actually expand on, like, what Dark Academia really is, it's, um, yes, like, it is set in an academic setting, but it's, it more just focuses on, like, the arts and, like, the pursuit of higher knowledge and the sacrifice, like, the, like, the act of sacrificing your own moralities for the sake of higher knowledge mm-hmm. and, like, the line between gray morality and actual evil and it like yes like it does it usually does take place in an academic setting but um 
there are other books that focus on the same themes that can be considered like under the dark academia like subgenre and so like obviously we all know um if we were villains and the secret history are my two favorite dark academia novels um there are so many others but i have not read all of them Mm -hmm. so the ones that i would like to recommend that sort of follow the same themes um the goldfinch by donna tart which is the same author as the secret history And it's about this boy named Theo. And when he's 13 years old, he um, he and his mom are uh, in a museum when there's basically a terrorist attack in this art museum. And Theo's mother dies in the attack and he is left alone because his father is not in the picture. And... In this museum, he fi- he sees the actual painting, the goldfinch, which his mom had been talking to him about right before the bomb hit, basically. Mm-hmm. And so he sees it, and in his state of confusion and, like, he, like obviously grief, because he has no idea what's happening, and he doesn't even know that his mother's dead yet, um, he takes the painting, and he steals it, and it's this... It follows him through years and years of him and he's always kept this painting and it also follows him into the world, into like the art world, into a world of like con artists and he has this amazing relationship with his best friend who, I mean, I don't even know, wow, like it's just a lot. Um, This book won Donna Tart the Pulitzer. Okay. It's well deserved in my opinion. It's really good. And yeah, it follows those themes of the pursuit of higher knowledge, the you know sacrificing your morals and um also just the discussions around trauma and grief and love in that book are wow like so good I've actually like I've been doing a reread but like a slow reread you know Mm -hmm. like every like few weeks like I'll pick it up and I'll like read a few chapters and then like I'll put it aside because it's a long book right it's very long it's like 700 pages in my copy um but it's so worth it and, like, the movie's okay, <laughs> but, like, it's a very hard book to translate into film, you know? Like, because it's so, it's so long, and it's also, like, so much of it is told through internal monologue and through, like, Theo's personal connection to the painting, and, like, a lot of it is told through his own, like, inner musings. So, like, it's really difficult to translate all of that into film. So, like, I mean, it's, it's like, it's all right, um, but the book is so good. Okay. See, this is why you should have gotten this. Yeah, and, like, I know it's next. Like, I know I gonna, it's next. Like, I was it's, waiting for this the yeah. entire time. I was like, please give me this trope. The thing is, is that I don't have a recommendation for this one. Oh. So, like, oh. no. So, like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like, give it to you guys. It's arranged marriage, which is a couple, and they have an arranged marriage for whatever reason. Sometimes it's, like, a lot of the times it's used in historical fiction mm-hmm. um, where, like, to, I mean, I guess for like political alliances to like uh for like a like two people from different countries or like different cities or like whatever it is they get married for political alliances uh i know that dark romance sometimes does it with like i mean i guess mafia romance they do that a lot yeah um but yeah like arranged marriages i don't know if i have any recommendations that i i can't think of any off the top of my head it's okay because i have so many okay (laughs) (laughs) all right um so i'm not gonna tell you about it right now because my favorite book of all time the wall of wooden peg and me it's like on the top my top list of like books uh is unmarried marriage but i've talked about it like a lot so i'm not gonna go into detail but uh one of the books that i'm gonna recommend today is called talon by carrie and cole i like 
I was surprised by how much I love this book. This book is basically about he's this guy who's in a really famous band uh, and he's never really been into relationships. His mom is a really prolific romance author. And this girl, she's had the toughest luck. She doesn't really have family that she, she had, like, family that she, like, is in contact with. Um, you know, she's poor, whatever. So they both get into this experiment where people like scientists and actual dating coaches kind of have interviews with uh each person and then they kind of like select a ideal match for you and you have to get married with them and you have 30 days where you it's like an experiment where you have 30 days where you have to be married to this person and you have both couples counseling and personal counseling and you have to try make this marriage work now i was not expecting how good this would be because like it's really good. It's amazing. Like, these two characters at first, like, the guy, he's like, yeah, you're, like, literally not my type. I'm not even attracted to you. Uh, you're, like, short and brunette and whatever, and I like tall, leggy blondes, and she's just like, well, fuck you. <laughs> like, okay, the on their wedding night, literally, that's what he says. She was so insulted. They start, like, not liking each other. He, you know, he does, like, you know, drugs and alcohol, and she has a very, like, uh, she's triggered by these things, so they have to work together to kind of get over it, and it's so good. It's so good. The relationship that blossoms between them is incredible. Um, another one that I have to give you is To Love Jason Thorne. Uh, actually, To Love Jason Thorne and Marriage for One, they're both by Ella Mays. She's one of my favorite authors, slow burn, amazing, arranged marriage, it's really great. And one last one, because I have to give it, Twisted Emotions. It is a mafia romance. It is. Um, I This author, her name is Cora Riley, she has some good books and a lot of, like, mediocre books for me. <laughs> like, that's a mean thing to say, but, like, it's, it's like, she has two main series and they're both mafia series and they follow, like, um, a bunch of people. So you can, you can read them, like, uh, standalones, but if you read them, like, one after another, it's, be- it's best. So they're, like, around 11, 10 books in that, um, in those two series. This one, so good. This one is, like, the only five stars I have in the series. It's, uh, it's a duology. It's between this couple, uh, this guy called Nino. He's, like, cold. He's, like, we're not sure, but we think that he might be, like, on the autism spectrum. Um, he's very cold, he's very unfeeling, and he has to, he's arranged to marry this girl who, you know, um, she's very quiet, her name is Kiara, and they get married, and it's basically him helping her to, like, overcome her trauma, because she was sexually assaulted by, uh, I think, a family friend or an uncle, and, yeah, and it's, like, talked about, and they slowly, like, may, like have a relationship where they're talking to one another, and it's super beautiful, and it's one of the better-handled books in this mafia world, um, but it's amazing. Like, the emotions are there, and it's so good, and Kiora is amazing. I love her. Okay. That's it. Uh, this is long. I'm sorry. It just, I love this trope. It's so good. Um, okay. Good recommendations. Uh, okay, so that's it for our little game. We basically, like, broke all the rules. Literally. Um... But it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a good time. I hope you got really great recommendations. We're yeah. trying to give you new ones that we haven't yeah. talked about before. I mean, like, we did give a few repeats. But, I like, mean, listen, I can't not talk about Gillian Flynn. I mean, of course. So, um, but anyway, so that's it for us. So stay tuned. And, and we we'll will see you, see you next time. Exactly. Goodbye. Bye. Fully booked. Read into it with Michelle Amar and Liraz Levy. 
all our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity 